The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. That's right, Bear Down Bears fans. It's time for another edition of the Chicago Bears podcast, Bears Banter, powered by Windy City Gridiron and SB Nation. Bill Zimmerman with you, coming off not a win or a loss, a Chicago Bears bye. We got the Saints coming up here in just a couple of days. That is a huge game for the beloved Bears, and we've got a good podcast coming at you here. A little bit different from our usual podcast. I know we usually go guests, and we're going to get right back into the guest theme next week, but I wanted to try something a little different today and do a Bears mailbag. I've never done one of these. I know a lot of podcasts like to do the mailbag route, get a variety of questions. So that's what we're going to do here. Got a lot of things on my mind I want to get to first. This has been a crazy couple of weeks here for the Chicago Bears. Coming off that loss to the Raiders, we dove into that last week. I'm not going to dive back into the Raiders loss. I'm going to focus on what's happened here during the bye week and look ahead here to the Saints. There are a lot of things we need to get into. And I think the most pressing one, the biggest one, and there, there's a few, is none other than Kyle Long. And, and if you follow me on Twitter at ZimmermanSXM or you listen to this podcast, you're pretty, you're pretty clear on where my stance was with Kyle Long here the last few weeks, dating all the way back to when I had Olin Krutz on a few weeks ago. And that is that Kyle Long, his performance wasn't up to snuff. And I don't think this was Kyle Long's fault. I think this was simply, this wasn't, I think, an injury. I know he's on the injured list here with a hip injury, and that's what that popped up on the injured list a couple weeks ago. But I think Kyle Long's body betrayed him. That's that's the statement I've been making here the last couple weeks. His body just simply broke down. He's lost. He lost his quickness. He just couldn't perform. That, that That's it. The mind was willing. The body wasn't. And the Bears did the hard, did the hard thing. They had a tough conversation with him and they shut him down for the season. Now, I just don't think this is shutting down Kyle Long for the season. I think not only is this the end of Kyle Long's career as a Chicago Bear, I think this is the end of Kyle Long's career. I think we are going to if, if it was me. I would want, if I was the Bears, I would want Kyle Long to make that announcement towards the end of the season that he was going to retire. Assuming the Bears aren't flexed out, they've got a, their final home game of the year is against the Kansas City Chiefs. Sunday night football, there's going to be an electric crowd on hand, and the Bears can do a little pregame ceremony, maybe a little halftime ceremony 
for Kyle Long and give him the send-off that he deserves. Because just because I've been critical of Kyle Long and talked about what I think needed to happen with him this year does not mean that I don't respect Kyle Long, appreciate Kyle Long, and truly love Kyle Long as one of the favorite Bear offensive linemen I've ever had the privilege to watch. And I love watching offensive line play. I know a lot of people just sit there and watch the ball, watch quarterback drop back where the ball goes. I get that. That's how 99%, I think, of, of football fans watch football. I like to keep an eye on line play. It's what I did for, for my football career, for, for whatever career that was worth. But I like watching it. Kyle Long was something special. He was a, just a road grader on, on run blocking. He had very, very good, you know, on with pass coverage. He was always looking for work, kept his feet moving. Just kind of everything you'd ever want to see from a guard. Not only was he great on the field, he was great off the field. He was a great Chicago Bear. He was a great leader in the locker room. Those Chicago Bears teams that he were on, a lot of them were dreadful. And yet he, he was that leader. He was the one that kept the locker room together. And finally, towards the end of his career, the Chicago Bears finally have a, a winning team, a team that can contend for a Super Bowl. And unfortunately for him, I think he just wanted to give it one more go. I think that's why he restructured that contract and made it very team friendly for this year. I think going into this year, Kyle knew it was going to be his final year in the NFL. And I think at this point, he just knows that his, his career is over. And that's that's tough. You never want to see a career end this way, especially a good one like Kyle Long's. And no, he's not headed to the Hall of Fame. And his career was relatively short, especially when you think about all the injuries he's had the last few seasons. But the bottom line is Kyle Long turned 25 his rookie season. He was a very old rookie. And when you spend a first round pick on an old rookie, you are not expecting 12, 13, you're not expecting a long career. Now, I'm sure the Bears expected longer than what Kyle Long was able to give him, but he was not, James Daniels was 20. I mean, think about it. James Daniels, when he started for the Bears, was four years younger than Kyle Long when Kyle Long started. That's incredible. When James Daniels' rookie contract is up and he's getting looking to be renewed, he's going to be the same age that Kyle Long was as a rookie. That's the risk of drafting older players. Now, they're usually far more ready to play, and Kyle Long stepped in and was very good, played at a Pro Bowl level, even played at an All-Pro level. So Kyle Long was great for this team, and I'm going to miss him. And, and I will say this. It's one of those things where you sit there and you're pragmatic about it. You know, you're, you're doing your podcast, you're sending out your tweets. You sit there and say, the Chicago Bears, they need to do this with Kyle Long. They need to shut him down. This isn't working, blah, 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 blah. And then when the reality hits and when the media's in the locker room and Kyle Long's gone to the IR and the, and the, the team knows, the team knows this isn't just Kyle's on the IR. He'll be back next year. The team knows what's going on. And you see... The quote from Charles Leno that would bounce around Twitter. Kyle Long's emotions are, well, I couldn't tell you. Probably all over the place right now. I spoke to him, though. He said this in his words. He said, he's a bear for life. So that's the words I remember him saying. That's how he wanted to end things. That's how he wanted to end things. And when I hear that quote... Like I, I said on Twitter, you know, starts getting a little dusty because Kyle Long was a great Chicago Bear. He really was. It's going to be odd not seeing him out there anymore. 
and he he will be missed. He was a leader in the locker room. He was a leader for that offensive line. He was a very good offensive lineman, did whatever the team wanted him. They tried to bounce him out to tackle. They moved him in. They moved him around left side, right side. Kyle did whatever the team needed him to do. You know, comes from a football family, Howie Long's kid, Chris Long, Eagles. And that's, that's going to be rough. That is going to be rough. I, I'm going to miss Kyle Long now. The Bears are better for it this season. Being objective, the Bears are better for it. Rashard Coward is going to get the first shot. You know, he he has some aggression in his game you like to see from an offensive line. If you go watch the tape of, of when he was able to get a chance to play there at guard, you'll see like an explosion in the way he attacks defenders, you know, violence, if you want to use that. that That's something the Bears offensive line could use. He does not, you know, a lot of offensive linemen will try and engage a defensive player and then try and control him and push him. That's not Coward. Coward's aggressive. Uh, Coward attacks. He drives into the defensive lineman, and he's going to be able to get some push. When he gets into those defensive linemen, he's going to open some holes for David Montgomery. Now, that aggression, especially being how raw he is, and he, he's not going to exactly know when to use it and when not, he will make mistakes. He will get beat. He will create some, some lost plays. There's no doubt about that. But his raw skill is something the Bears could absolutely use. So let's see what happens here coming up against the Saints. The offensive line play, as I said in the last podcast, it needs to improve. It needed to start with the benching of Kyle Long. He's on the IR. That's the first move. Hopefully Charles Leno did some soul searching during the bye. Hopefully he's better. Hopefully Coward is a step up from Long. And if those things happen, I think Daniels and Whitehair have been pretty good. And hopefully the Chicago Bears offensive line can get back on track. If it does, I think we're going to see better things from the offense. We have to see better things from the offense. And I think we will. I don't know how good. I'm not saying the offense is going to be great. I'm not saying 34 points. But I think the offense is going to be far more productive this week against the Saints. And this game, to me, I understand Akeem Hicks is out and he's going to be out two months. And that is a big loss. But I think the defensive line depth is going to be able to absorb the loss of Hicks. Sure, they won't be quite as dominant. We saw some good things from Nick Williams. Bilal Nichols hopefully will be back soon. Roy Robertson-Harris has had a good year. Eddie Goldman, we know how dominant he can be. I think the defensive line is going to be okay without Hicks. And if the Bears continue to play, if the Bears play better than this, if the Bears make the playoffs, you're going to have a really fresh Hicks down the stretch, which you know cannot be undersold because Hicks in the past has had a lot of snaps, a lot of games under his belt, and that's that's a lot for a body there of his size in late December and January. So silver lining, you know, Hicks should be pretty fresh, but you know, two months without Akeem Hicks is definitely going to hurt. But this Saints game, as I was saying, this is a game they have to have. It's at home. There's no Drew Brees, and Alvin Kamara is banged up. That that is a winnable football game. I understand how good the Saints record is. I get all that, but this is a game they need to win. Coming into the next week, the Chargers are not a good team. A lot of people expected them to be good, but they are struggling. That's another game in Chicago. The Bears could absolutely jump out to a 5-2 and two record if they can beat this Saints game. This Saints game to me is very, very important. The Chicago Bears need to get on track here. They, I think this buy came at the perfect time for them. They needed to get healthy. They needed to do some soul searching. Nagy needed to figure th some things out. 
No one likes a bye this early, but this Bears team needed this bye. And I am hoping they are going to right the ship and be the team we saw in 2018. Because I know this record of 3-2 and two is the same record they had through five games last year. This team does not feel as good as the 2018 team. It has the talent. It has the talent to be better than the 2018 team. But they need to put it together. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. All right, now, as I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, we're going to do something a little different instead of doing a guest. We're going to do a Chicago Bears mailbag. I put it out there on Twitter, at ZimmermanSXM. Questions about the Bears, or any questions at all, in fact. So I wanted to do something a little different, break from format, and, and try this out. Now, when people put mailbags out there, I tend to respond with ridiculous questions for people's podcasts. I don't know why. It's just something I do. So I appreciate the taste of my own medicine that I got. I got plenty of ridiculous questions, plenty of serious ones, a lot on Trubisky. So maybe I'll lump those all together here as we work through the mailbag. But plenty of questions to get to. So let's kick it off with Windy City Gridiron's own Robert Schmitz, who says, if a DeLorean broke through the space-time continuum near your office and your older self hopped out shouting, Bill, I have to tell you the Bears are 8-6 and six and about to face the Chiefs. How would you feel about the team's playoff chances and who do you think we would have lost to? Okay, so let's start with the second part of that question first. So the Bears currently sit at three and two. We're talking about them having four losses prior to the Chiefs game. So I will say that they will lose to the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau. That is their third loss. I will say the Detroit Lions in Detroit. That is their fourth loss. I guess I have to say the Rams in Los Angeles. Now, that's definitely a winnable game, but I will say the Rams in Los Angeles. They're going to beat the Cowboys at home, I think. I think they'll beat the Giants. They'll beat the Lions at home. I think they'll beat the Chargers. Coming down to this Saints game. Or... I'll tell you. There you go. At Philadelphia. They will lose at Philadelphia. How's that? All right. Now, 
chances of making the playoffs at eight and six going into that Chiefs game very bad. I will say that gives them about a twenty percent chance because I'll be honest. 10 and 6 is what the goal is, obviously, but I don't know if 10 and 6 is going to guarantee you a playoff birth this year. Sometimes it doesn't. And look, the NFC East, they're not going to get multiple teams to 10 and 6. It doesn't look like at this point, but you've got two teams out of the NFC West that both will clear 10 wins and the Rams sitting there. If they get it together, they could get to 10 wins in the South. The Saints are going to get to 10 wins. Who knows about the Panthers? That's another one. The Packers are getting to 10 wins. The Vikings could get to 10 wins. The Bears could get to 10 wins. The Lions I don't think the Lions are going 10-5 and 1, but I think they can certainly go 9-6 and 1. They're they're looking pretty good and if that's the case, then the Bears would have to win out to get to 10 and 6 at that point just to jump them. So, I would like the Bears to be 9 and 5 at that point. Obviously, better than that is great, but 9 and 5 going into that Chiefs game to me is the minimum to be comfortable with the Bears being able to make the playoffs. All right, we got another one here. At hashtag White Sox, the Mancata Armada. Reggie, I know that's you. If your life depended on it, which would you choose? Trubisky throwing a 40-yard touchdown pass or Jordan Howard running 25 yards for a score? Now, this one, to me, is easy. And it is Trubisky on a 40-yard touchdown pass. You want to know why? Because Jordan Howard, in his career, despite all the touchdowns, has never in his NFL career rushed for a touchdown of 25 yards or more. He's never done it. So if he's never done it, I'm certainly not pinning my life on that guy to break free. You want to put Jordan Howard at the two-yard line? I'll put plenty of uh, money on Jordan Howard to get in the end zone. But from 25 yards out, he is not going to be able to navigate through a defense and score a touchdown. So for that one, that is an easy one, Reggie. That is Mitch Trubisky. Dan DeYoung80 on Twitter says, lots of trade talk going on this week. Here is one that I haven't heard enough discussion on. Do you believe the Bears should make a trade for New York Guardians wide receiver Tanner Gentry? New York Guardians, that's the XFL, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, Tanner Gentry, your beloved Chicago Bear, is now in the XFL trying to make it there because he could not make it at the NFL level. And ha ha ha, Dan, we appreciate your humor. But, you know, know what? Thank God Tanner Gentry's off the team. Look, there's nothing against Tanner Gentry. Nice little little wide receiver. Tried to make it stuck on the practice squad for a couple of years. Had no business on special teams. He, he couldn't play special teams. Trubisky seemed to like him in, in preseason, and that seemed to get Tanner Gentry some love. But let's just be pleased that the Chicago Bears have a wide receiving core that's good enough now that we do not have to hear from fans going, what about Tanner Gentry? What about Tanner Gentry? How have the Bears not started using Tanner Gentry? We we, we don't need to hear this anymore. So please, 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 no more Tanner Gentry. All right, let's do this one next and let's launch into some Mitch Trubisky talk after that. This is from Jared DV 43 And he asks, should the Bears draft Jalen Hurts if he's available in the second round next year? Now, the Trubisky thing is very interesting, but for me, this is a flat no, because the Chicago Bears 
do not have the real estate to me to be spending a second round pick on a quarterback. If you need a quarterback, you need to go up in the first round and get a quarterback. Getting a quarterback in the second round for the most part does not work out too often. You need those top 10 picks for those quarterbacks. Just look look in recent history. Yeah, Derek Carr's been pretty good as a second round pick. Obviously, Russell Wilson was great as a third round pick. But for the most part, and yeah, yeah, Tom Brady, well, yeah, 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 sixth round. Yeah, 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 we all know that one. But for the most part, the quarterbacks that are playing at an elite level, an above average level, these are the guys that were taken basically in the top 10, at least the top 15 in the draft. Mahomes, Watson, Wentz, you know, if you want to throw Jared Goff in there, these quarterbacks are the ones that are drafted high. That's that's where you get your quarterbacks nowadays. You do not get them in the third, fourth round and expect good things. Every once in a while, there's going to be one that pops. If Jalen Hurts is available in the second round, look, the Bears next year probably going to need some help at cornerback. They may need another safety. They may need some help at inside linebacker. They may need some help along the offensive line. Tight end is a situation. There's a lot of situations going on with the Bears here with the salary cap being what it is. They should not be worried about taking a quarterback in the second round. I'm not saying the Bears shouldn't look at quarterback options, and we're going to get to that here now. But Jalen Hurts in the second round is not how I would go about trying to solve anything at the quarterback position. Now, before we get into replacing Trubisky, let me get to Armchair Dion, who's at Paydeman, M-A-N-N. What do you see as one or three things that could best help Trubisky improve and get to where he needs to be? All right, now this is a good question because Trubisky has plenty to improve on. But if I was to look at Trubisky... Obviously, the one that jumps off the page the most, and it's where he was behind the most due to his lack of experience, is his progressions. Now, what I think the Bears should do is steal a page right out of Sean McVay's playbook. You saw him do it against the Washington Redskins. They should get up to the line quickly, get set, and let Nagy be in Trubisky's head. He's in the head, he's in the helmet until 15 seconds are left on the shot clock on the play clock. Nagy and Trubisky should look at that defense together. That will help Mitch with his reads and let him decide on where he should be going with the ball early. We know Mitch is really only a one or a two read quarterback. He's not going to be picking up his third or fourth option very much. That's just where he, not where he is at this point. So obviously progressions is one thing that he needs to work on in reading a defense. I think that's a high priority. But it's one that I think they can mask a little bit with a little help from Matt Nagy. So that's the first thing. The other thing I want to see is Trubisky having a better grasp of when to use his athleticism. Now, we haven't seen him use it practically at all this year. And now, of course, he's got the injured shoulder. So I'm not sure exactly how much how much the leash is going to be off him in terms of bouncing around. But. Mitch needs to know when is the time to stand tall in the pocket and deliver the football. When is the time to roll out or maneuver in the pocket and create a couple extra seconds? And when is the time to take off? What we saw last year was him taking off way too much. Sometimes it resulted in big plays. Sometimes it resulted in missed opportunities. And sometimes it resulted in lost plays. But... We saw that a lot last year. Clearly, the Bears are working with him on not always deciding to run with the football and try and throw and make decisions as a quarterback. 
So we need to see that improve as to when to when to pick his spots. There's been times where I sat there and saw him throw a football. I go, Mitch, what are you doing? Run. There's nothing but green in front of you. There's other times where you see Trubisky bouncing out of the pocket and there was no reason to do it. So a little bit better pocket presence is the next thing that I want to worry about with Trubisky. And the third thing which surprisingly is the least important thing is accuracy because there are plenty of quarterbacks who had very successful careers who weren't that accurate. Donovan McNabb comes to mind. Michael Vick comes to mind. They had great careers, not necessarily hall of famers, but they had great careers because of what they could do as a quarterback. So if Trubisky gets to the point where he can use his athleticism to create time in the pocket and find open receivers. If he doesn't hit them perfectly in stride and they need to slow down or adjust a little bit, that's not the end of the world. Even if he misses a guy, just flat misses a guy from time to time, that's not the end of the world if the rest of his game is elevated. So yeah, you need accuracy as a quarterback, but it's not as important in my eyes as people need to think. You need to be accurate enough. You don't need to be able to thread the needle. So those are three things, and those are three important things that I think Trubisky needs to work on. And the Bears really need to see some improvement here over the last 10, 11 games here with Mitch Trubisky in those areas because they're getting to a point where they need to start making decisions about Mitch. All right, here we go. At JTB Cubs, where do you see things going with Trubisky? For the rest of this year and into 2020, do the Bears exercise the fifth-year option? Does he have legit competition in camp next year? Is there any likelihood he gets offered an extension? These are all fair questions. These are all good questions. And honestly, these are all questions that I think at this point are impossible to answer. Like, here you go. Let's say Trubisky shocks us all and really gets humming here for the rest of the year and pushes the Bears to the playoffs, the Super Bowl, who knows? If that happens, absolutely Mitch could be looking at an extension. But if we see a Trubisky that is still struggling with everything that I just talked about, with the same things that we sat there and said, why are these still happening in year three with the second year with Nagy? If those questions continue to linger throughout this season, then absolutely you cannot extend him. You still have time. You cannot extend him at that point. It is way, way too risky, in my opinion. Will that possibly cost you if then Mitch the following year is lights out and has a fantastic season? Well, yeah, now you're going to have to pay him significantly more. But that is a wonderful curse to have that suddenly you have confidence in your quarterback in Chicago. So I'm not worried about having to overpay Mitch if Mitch becomes the guy. What I am more worried about is overpaying Mitch if he is not the guy. Now, now, exercising the fifth-year option, you 100% exercise the fifth-year option. Why? Because you can rescind the fifth-year option. So the Bears can commit that fifth-year option to him and pull it back after that season. So they, they do not have to continue down the road with Trubisky if they choose to bail after four years. So you 100% use the fifth-year option on him. And then in terms of competition, again, that's going to depend on, on where he is. Look, if Mitch has a very solid season and you want to just bring back Chase Daniel and keep things to the status quo, that's not the end of the world. The Marcus Mariota thing is interesting because we know Pace loves Mariota. We know how he would fit well in a Matt Nagy system. So is that something that the Chicago Bears could do? Yeah, I think it is. But you want to keep in mind, 
if you're going to create an open competition, yes, you could spark Trubisky potentially into playing better. You could also get Trubisky inside his head and have him playing worse. So the one guy I would be interested in kicking the tires on right now, if I was the Bears, is Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen, I think, look, I am not the biggest Josh Rosen fan. He was out of all the quarterbacks in that quarterback class. He was my least favorite. And he's very Jay Cutler to me in terms of his attitude. For me, I don't love Rosen. But you know what I love is I love value. Josh Rosen was a top 10 pick and was in a dreadful offensive situation. It was not his fault in Arizona. They had no David Johnson. They had a terrible offensive coordinator. It was an absolute mess. Then he goes to Miami and it's worse. Rosen has no offensive line. His receivers can't catch. He has no chance in this offense. So his value is really low. Is his value as low as a fourth, maybe a fifth round pick? It might be. If you tell me the Bears can bring in Josh Rosen as QB3 for the rest of the year for a fifth round pick, elevate him to QB2 and maybe see if he can push Trubisky next season, Look, you can tell Trubisky, this is your team. Josh Rosen is your backup quarterback. But at the same time, know that you have a guy who's still under two to three years of control that if Trubisky is not the guy and he looks like he might be the guy, you can give Rosen a chance in this naggy offense and see what he can do. So I am not opposed to Josh Rosen. Marcus Mariota is a little different because I don't think you can bring in Mariota as Trubisky's backup. I think Mariota's got a couple seasons here as a low-end starting quarterback where someone's going to pick him up as a bridge quarterback to a rookie or as one of those teams that's just a middle-of-the-road team that doesn't have an answer at quarterback but wasn't able to draft one. So I think Mariota's going to be in kind of quarterback purgatory for a couple of years. So yes, I could see the Bears being interested in him, but the Bears, I don't see anyway are bailing on Trubisky after this season unless Mitch has just a an abomination of a finish to this season if, if he is if he continues to regress which I don't think he's going to I think seeing what he did against Washington things were starting to go in the right direction and, and start to improve a little bit if Trubisky regresses and this season is a disaster maybe the Bears move on from him after this season but I just don't see that because I still think Mitch is a good enough quarterback to be okay. And if he's okay, they are not going to bail on him after this season. All right, we've got one at Antonio Belisley. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Antonio. What does your gut tell you about how long Trevathan will be a bear? I like this question a lot because if you would have asked me this in August, I would have said Danny Trevathan will be a bear this year and that's it. But if you ask me right now, I look at Danny Trevathan as a guy the Chicago Bears need to re-sign. He is critical to this defense, and the Bears do not have a guy lying in wait who can replace Trevathan on this defense. You, you, you look at the inside backers right now. I like Kevin Pierre-Lewis. He's a nice special teams player. He can play inside backer if need be, but he is not a guy who you're going to sit there and be like, this is the guy who can play next to Roquan Smith. So that's not it. Nick Kwiatkowski did an admirable job filling in for Roquan when he had to, but Nick Kwiatkowski is not an every down back. He's not an every down backer. He is a, you know, and he's a backup. So if you want to keep Kwiatkowski on the team next year as a backup inside linebacker, that's fine. But I don't think his role should expand beyond that. And Iggy, who was a guy I thought maybe we'd see some strides this year. Keep in mind when Roquan was out, 
Iggy did not see the field defensively. He's strictly a special teams player right now. And if that's the case, he's been jumped by Kevin Pierre-Lewis. Nick Kwiatkowski is ahead of him. He is not developing the way he needs to defensively. And if that's the case, you just can't let Danny Trevathan go because all you're going to do is create a hole and you have to fill with another veteran. And yeah, you can look for a ha-ha Clinton Dix type guy who you can get on a cheap one-year deal. But I think Trevathan really likes it here in Chicago. He's good friends with Khalil Mack. He's a part of that defense. I think he would stay for a reasonable contract. I think the Bears need to keep him. I think the Bears will keep him. So I think Danny is going to be around for the rest of this season. And I would say two more guaranteed years for Danny Trevathan. All right. And we'll finish up here with uh, at Brad OTC. Brad asks, how many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man? All right, Brad. Well, I can answer that one really easily. The way I would answer that, Brad is with a question because you want to know how many roads must a man walk down before you can call him a man. But I want to know how many seas must a white dove sail before she sleeps in the sand. How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? Because the answer, Brad, my friend is blowing in the wind. The answer is blowing in the wind. All right. How about that for the first ever Bears Banter Mailbag? I thought that went pretty well. A lot of questions on Trubisky, which I understand Mitch Trubisky's always going to be the hot topic until we know if he's the guy or definitely not the guy. It's only the most important position on the field. So that will continue to be a topic of conversation. So let's hear focus on the Saints. I think the Bears can win this one, but it is not going to be easy because Breeze is out, because Kamara is banged up. I think the Bears win this one. I think we're going to see a rejuvenated offense that's going to look a little sharper. The defense is going to prove that that was an anomaly against the Raiders. That's not who they are. I think the Bears are going to squeak out a victory here and move their record to 4-2. and two. If the Saints, Now, I will say this. If the Saints were healthy, if Alvin Kamara and Drew Brees were strolling into Soldier Field, I would not be picking the Chicago Bears. But with the Saints banged up, I think the Bears can take advantage. And they need to win this game. It is an important game. So that's going to do it for Bears banter. We will talk to you next week. Bear down, everybody. Adios.